everybody. You're listening to the Honor Yoga Now podcast, bringing you knowledge, awareness, and inspiration, taking yoga off of the mat and into your daily life. I'm your host, Amy Taza, and thanks for listening today. So today, I have my good friend and colleague, Michelle Gertis. So Michelle, as I got to know Michelle a little better, I was so intrigued by your story and how you came to yoga and your actual and your backstory too. And I want to thank you, and I especially admire you for being so open about your story and willing oh, to share you. your story to kind of inspire others and maybe come, you know, come out and know that, um, you know, that, that maybe they're not alone mm-hmm. in certain things, yeah. especially as we get into um, talking today. So um, with, that being sta- with that being said, let's just jump right in. Um, so Michelle, you went to Rutgers, right? You, I did. I'm you a went Jersey to girl. Rutgers. I, went to Rutgers. <laughs> I can't leave this state, evidently. Like, I just you know, shut down once I crossed the border. <laughs> uh, I, I know, I know. So when you so what did you want to be when you grew up? Right. So as long as I can remember, I, I always loved reading. My mom was like a reading teacher, and so I was, hence you lead the book club. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're yeah. At Honor Yoga. Honor Yoga Book Club. First, <laughs> second Monday night of the month. Um, We'll put so, that in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was always reading, always writing, and always interested in like current events in the world. I was kind of like a nerd. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought like being a journalist would be a really exciting job. And I had always pictured like, um, you know, living in New York City and working for the New York Times and just being very, very busy and very sophisticated and <laughs> very being um, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that for me, right? For that little girl in her little New Jersey suburb, w- working as a journalist in New York City was like it the real. be all end all. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. So I went to Rutgers for um, journalism, and uh, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> tell me, so. Tell me what your first job is. You had an internship at WNBC? Yeah, so I um, really always wanted to do print. um, Okay. Because it was maybe more me. I was a really shy kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like my mom always says I was painfully shy, right? Really? So shy, yeah. And um, so I thought, well, you know, I didn't really want to be on on camera. That seemed like really terrifying to me. Um, But I needed an internship to graduate. And so I happened to find an internship at WNBC, which is like, you know, the New York television station. So, uh, I mean, I know the, so WNBC, NBC, are they're Mm -hmm. obviously affiliated. So what was the W? W is the New York City affiliate of NBC. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I worked in uh, the newsroom. It was a really fantastic experience. Um, it was like my first job. Like I remember buying my first suit. It was <laughs> horrible. It was the mid '90s. So it was like neon green and black, oh right? And like pantyhose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my, yeah. Remember pantyhose? Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was like my dream I'm job. My 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 desk like overlooked Rockefeller Center and the skating pond, mm-hmm. and it was like I've made it. And <laughs> it was a fun job. The people I worked with were really great. I worked for a um, a consumer reporter. So like. You know, when a company like delivers your furniture and it's broken and they won't give you a refund, oh, like he would go and hunt yes, them down. And yes. So I would like go around with him and it was it was fun. It was fun to see him like, and, you know, everyone would recognize him and it was kind of fun to, to do that. You were the cool intern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to find, like what I really got to do was find the story. So I had to listen to, uh, back in the day, right, we had voicemail like mm-hmm. on these office phones. Well, I guess oh, we still do, but it was like, yes. um, there was no email. Right. Okay. This was like pre email. Yeah. So wow. it was all voicemails, all people complaining about their broken couches and sinks and 
medical bills and this and that. And so I would like pull the stories it seemed that I thought were most interesting. And mm -hmm. then if the producer agreed, they would get produced. So that was really fun. Um, and he, he was a, a really great guy. Um, and he would always encourage me to get in front of the camera. And, and, you know, if we'd be out on a shoot, he'd say, Michelle, go get a microphone and say something. I'd be like, <laughs> uh, this is Michelle Gertis <laughs> reporting, uh, right? And then he'd oh, make yes. me watch them. You know, the camera's like, scary. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're staring at like this red light and that's, it wasn't for me. So it made me realize, okay, I'm a behind the scenes girl and I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, behind the scenes woman, rather. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I worked, once I graduated, um, dot com, boom, right? Jobs were everywhere. Yeah. I worked at um, a startup. Um, writing about financial markets, which mm -hmm. I had no background in, but um, I worked with a guy who you winged did. It. <laughs> I winged it, right? My mom says, my mom, my mom always says, I love these mom wisdoms. Um, if you can't be good, be loud. So oh, it was okay. like, just be bold, and maybe someone will believe that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. So, Fake it till you make it. Exactly. So I worked with this guy who knew a lot about markets and the economy, mm -hmm. and I knew about the journalism end, mm -hmm. and so we worked together really well. And I learned so much at that job. It was really really great job um, but then you know the dot-com bubble burst right. and I um, ended up switching and finding a job um, like very bottom bottom of the barrel at uh, the Wall Street Journal the Wall Street Journal yeah yeah and how, how is that like that's famous like such yeah, a famous newspaper it is it is it's um it was really um it was it was scary for a shy person, mm -hmm. as I was, to even... And were you right out of college, mostly? Yeah, I had the one job maybe for a year. Okay. And then after that, I, you know, I, I just felt like this job isn't going anywhere. This company certainly isn't going anywhere. Yeah. We're spending more money on, like, stress balls that have the company logo on it mm -hmm. than we are at, like, what is our business model? There was, like, none of... I recognize that at, like, 22, like, what's our business, guys? How are we making money? But right. it was like, we don't have to know how we make money. It's, you know... Right, it's the dot com boom. Yeah, like, it'll yeah. flow. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so I found this position, um, you know, uh, at the Wall, Wall Street, Street Journal. Journal. The interview was terrifying. I thought they hated me, <laughs> um, and they they really liked me. They offered me a job. I took it. It was incredible, um, and um, until it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was it like working at the Wall Street Journal? So at first it was fun and glamorous and exciting, and I, I learned so much every single day, not just about journalism, but about the world and politics and economics and mm -hmm. banking and um, even like arts and leisure, you know, mm -hmm. so I had my hand kind of in, in everything. As the bottom of the barrel, they make you kind of do everything, yeah. right? Which I think served me really well. And um, there's nothing I love more than like making a deadline or cutting it really close mm -hmm. or or you know I'm the one that saved the the, day, the day because I saw because I you started got the, the story yeah or well I was an editor so I wasn't getting the story but I was editing the story mm -hmm. right and you know just making deadline or I remember I would love um for a while I worked at um the wire service mm -hmm. um, Dow Jones Newswires Dow Jones actually owned Wall Street Journal long story short okay. but so I worked at the Newswire for a while and that was like mm -hmm. boom 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 fast. yes i remember us talking prior and you uh, you saying how like people would call and you had to get the story out first and just like literally blowing your head off yeah getting these people to do what you wanted them to do and you know like pushing the story and 
go, knowing go. you, I was like, really, you Michelle? Did? Yes. So tell yeah. me how that high stress, beating mm -hmm. on that stress. It was really like a matter of, I got a lot of my self-worth from how I performed at work and mm -hmm. how other people saw me at work. Mm -hmm. And so I, I worked my way up by working hard, by working like 24 seven, mm -hmm. by taking on anything that anyone gave me, by mm -hmm. needing to be a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. And I worked my way to like the top of, of different departments. And at one point, I'm the person assigning out work to the newswire. And you know, we like everything out in eight minutes. And if it was like eight minutes and one second, I'd be like, who has the story? You have that story, move it. You know, what's, why isn't this moving? What's going on? Why are you on the phone? You know? Right, right. And um, like crazy boss. I was, I was, but nobody, really, I don't know that nobody, but it wasn't crazy in that world. Like, in norm. that world, that's that's the norm. That's how everyone acted. That was not considered disrespectful of your colleagues. Um, people people would yell, mm -hmm. and then after deadline, it was understood that you would go over and be like, ugh, sorry, I know it was a B word about that story, <laughs> job, but you know, Washington was up my butt about it, and so we had to get it out. And then everybody yeah. would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was important to me to like, connect with the people that I worked with mm -hmm. in that way, but never thinking like, well, if you don't be a jerk in the first place and you don't have to apologize an right. hour later. Right. Um, and I just got really caught up in it and I loved it and I was good at it and I was fast and I, I got results. Mm -hmm. and I felt like I was respected and I was trusted, right? My mm -hmm. bosses trusted me to run a desk for a chunk of time through a really, let's say, important news story or whatever. Right. Um, and I remember like when um, I, you know, when I would think we'd did an important story really good and really fast, you could call a certain department and they would tell you what, where you fell in like the news outlets, like who, oh, and okay. if like we beat, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we beat everyone, like high fives all the way around, <laughs> right? Ooh. Yeah, that and was if, me. <laughs> yeah, and if Bloomberg beat us, I'd be like, ah, you know. Yeah. So it was, um, it was fun. Until, yeah, and, and it then was after, fun until yeah. it wasn't. And then after that, I kind of really wanted this job. Um, working with this one woman that I really respected. Mm -hmm. And um, this was like, I think I, it was, I had both kids by then. So. Okay, yes. Young and I, you know, I was, I was married, young. Commuting. So you were commuting with yeah. your daughters? Or like, yeah. cause I know like, we'll go into that. Mm -hmm. um, working in New York City with two young, two young kids, like how did that affect you? Yeah, so I, um, between, ha so my commute was two hours each way, which to me now seems just Unimaginable. nuts. Like, how did I talk myself into that? How did I make myself think that was okay? Mm -hmm. um, to have that, I wanna say no quality of life because I felt like I was enjoying myself. Like it was okay to get up every morning and be away from the house for like 12 hours at a time mm -hmm. at least. and come home, crash, do it all again the next day because work was so exciting and so fun and I was getting that it was fulfilling for outside you that validation. Yeah, yes. You're, you're good. Good way to put it. Because mm -hmm. you're fast and you get things done mm -hmm. and you're smart and you show it in these ways, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I needed that outside validation and I needed that right. adrenaline. Yeah, right? yes, yes. Um, so you fed, it's like feeding yeah, off of that. Yeah. Yes, and that's where your mindset was at that time. Mm -hmm. And then you have a baby and you think, okay, my husband, God bless him, <laughs> he's a stay-at-home dad, 
so I could go back to work. Yeah, and not not many men can do that. Like, yeah, not many people in my household can do it. So like total kudos to him. Yeah, he's I I couldn't do it. I would tell him like I could, I I don't know how to do it. I couldn't stay home. I love my children, mm-hmm. right? But staying home with them twenty four seven would be just maddening. So I was lucky, right? Yeah. And I kept saying to myself, you have this wonderful job. This is the job you've wanted since you were a little girl, right? Um, now I have this wonderful husband who stays at home and sends me pictures of my little girl. and um, While I'm on the line. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it started to, something started to kind of shift then where the, the commute seemed too long. Um, I was more angry at work than I was feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd taken on a, a, a really senior role that I had actually wanted and pushed for and almost kind of created for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just, it just wasn't, I, it didn't feel as I had thought it would feel once I was once you were there. at the top of my career, mm-hmm. a child, a great supportive husband. Um, it just didn't feel right anymore. Right, you um, thought you had everything that you wanted. Yeah. But and I was yeah. getting kind of miserable. So um, th- through all that, um, you know, part of it was after I had my, my first daughter, mm-hmm. we talked about this, I had um, a, a pretty severe postpartum depression. Yes, we did. We, we mentioned this. Yeah. Yes, yes. So that was kind of an eye-opener in that I'd realized that I'd been – I like I, I heard this somewhere um, that it, uh, a helpful way to think about mental health or really any health is um suffering from living with and thriving despite so i think for a lot of my life i was suffering from depression Mm -hmm. um and work gave me that adrenaline so that i could live with it right Mm -hmm. i got that high i got that up when i you know beat someone's time Mm -hmm. or um, when things went really well and i realized that i I couldn't live like that any longer, um, especially for my daughter. I didn't want her to think that she needed to um, have that sort of outside validation that I needed. Mm -hmm. I didn't want her to think she needed to run herself ragged, that she needed, um, you know, outside approval or um, any of those things. And I especially didn't want her to have a mom who didn't take care of herself, Mm -hmm. right? And right. it was very obvious I wasn't taking care of myself. I had, um, in the middle of all this, like I'd gotten um, kind of a, an Epstein-Barr-type virus. Mm-hmm. It just comes from getting run down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I wanted better for her, and I wanted to be a better mom for her. Right. And so um, thinking about all that but still knocking myself out because you do what's comfortable, right? That's, that's right. your habit. Right. So – you after you had your first daughter Mm -hmm. you were suffering from postpartum depression but you were still working in new york city right how did you do that i don't know (laughs) so what happened was i had i was very lucky and and i do some work with with postpartum Mm -hmm. um with postpartum women right specifically yeah and so um i was very lucky in that my ob recognize well first my husband recognized the symptoms pretty early on mm-hmm. and I remember him saying to me one day um, I don't know who you are but you need to see your doctor tomorrow and I just said 
okay. <laughs> because I think that I knew that things weren't right, but I didn't want to admit it. Right. right. Being this high-powered working woman, yes. I don't ask for help from anyone. I don't need help. I've been depressed my whole life, but it's fine. Right. right? I put on my strong face, and I just keep moving. Right. You just keep trucking on. And at that point, I just didn't have any more trucking left in me. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went to my doctor, and I remember him asking me how I was doing, and I said, I'm, I'm not good. I remember very vividly sitting in the room, and um, I said, you know, I'm, I never, I don't cry. I never cry, right? Um, it's now, just, wait, let me ask you, do, yeah. you, do you never cry, or do you never cry in front of anyone? I, or you just never cry? I never cry. Okay, okay, because um, I don't I'm like to cry in it. front of people, but I, I do. I certainly I, don't like to cry in front of people. Yeah. But I, I cry maybe once a decade. I'm working on it. I'm still in therapy. And okay. I'm okay with that. Okay. I'm I'm in pigeon a lot, trying trying to cry. <laughs> trying to open that in. Yeah. <laughs> I try. I I like dare instructors to to make me cry. Like you can make me cry today. I don't think so. Good luck. <laughs> but I secretly hope that they do. Oh my gosh, um, that's funny. I was I was crying a lot, um, which maybe on the one hand was good as cathartic, but mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't really like me. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, you know, my doctor asked what was wrong. I said, you know, I'm crying a lot. I, I don't think it's baby blues. I think it's a lot more. I, and he said, so vividly remember this, are you finding any joy? And I just said to him, no joy. And I just, mm-hmm. and he, Dr. Loeb, Dr. Paul Loeb, plug for him. He, <laughs> he used to be my doctor. He's, he's wonderful. He is. I love him. So he, um. <laughs> He handed me a box of tissues, and I kind of collected myself, and he said to me, this is not your fault. And I said, I know it's not, but it feels like it is. Mm -hmm. And he said, I understand, and I know this is not your fault. And then I kind of, you know, collected myself, got dressed, you know, because I'm in the gown. Yeah. (laughs) Went to his office. He prescribed me Zoloft, which saved my life. Okay. Um... And he handed me a book um, by a woman named Joyce Venice, who um, is a psychiatric psychiatric nurse therapist dealing primarily with women with postpartum depression. And he said, I just saw her talk. You need, he said, I have to give you three people to talk to, but see Joyce. Mm -hmm. And I did. And um, she, she just, she taught me so much about not having to be perfect and not having to have other people think I'm perfect and smart and kind and and, and all of these things mm-hmm. and that it's okay to mess up and it's it's okay to just be. be who I am and then it was like well gee who am I right, right? yes um, yes so um I I was I actually took a I had only planned to take a couple months off for mm-hmm. maternity I ended up taking nine months mm-hmm. which I really really needed because it took that long to just come come out of my depression and I consider it a gift to have had suffered from the postpartum depression because it really brought me to my rock bottom mm-hmm. where I said I need help not just for my daughter's sake right also for my sake for my mar- for the sake of my marriage yeah and I realized I've been depressed and anxious my entire as far back as I can remember, and this is where, this is where I'm drawing the line. Right, right? now. And I, yeah, and I come from a long line of angry, anxious, depressed women, mm-hmm. which I see now looking back, and I'm really proud that um, I'm, 
kind of breaking the line here. Right, you were this able is to break the cycle. Yeah, yeah. Right now, were you still working there, or were did you went back to work after your first? I child. went back to work after my first. Mm-hmm. Um, still, still thinking I could, you know, do it all. Do it all, because um, now I've got the Zoloft, and now I've got the therapist, right. and I can. So you're good. I you're got good. the stay at home dad, and I'm chugging along, and right. I'm working hard, and back of my head's like, no, I don't think so. Right, got, got right. Got pregnant again. Okay. Um, with um, my second daughter, who I call my gift from the universe, Aww. because I feel like she was my like reward for mm-hmm. taking care of myself and getting well, mm-hmm. right? And it was like you can have this these beautiful things in your life, right? So I had my Ella, and I had another postpartum with her, but it was um, it was a lot less severe. Um, it was managed. Um, you know, I, I had I upped my meds a few weeks before I was due. Mm-hmm. I know that meds are controversial with pregnancy, but risk and um, usefulness needs needs to be weighed. Right, and it's Absolutely. different for every person. Absolutely. Um, but uh, for me, it was it was medically it was necessary. Yeah. So um, I had a, a postpartum doula actually come in, which is um, everyone knows about birth doulas, right? But postpartum doulas are women or men i suppose who helped the family adjust we call it the fourth trimester when the baby comes home and you say oh my gosh right what do i what do i do it's crying it's making noise i'm afraid i'm gonna break it so um postpartum doulas uh come in and just kind of help you with baby care with self-care with Mm -hmm. nursing uh Mm -hmm. sleep um, that sort of thing. Right, and you're, you're a doula now, right? I am, As yeah. well as a yoga teacher. So, Total transition. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what Huge. made you take that transition? Yeah. So I, um, I'd gone back to work after my second. Mm-hmm. I was out for maybe about six months. Um, still working myself ragged. Two kids at home. Um, always on my Blackberry back in the day when we used Blackberry. Blackberry. Remember that? I, loved, <laughs> I remember Blackberry. I had, I had my, like, jersey nails on my Blackberry. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, I remember um, my my little my littlest was well, just a couple years old, and and she's still not a good sleeper. She's nine <laughs> now, <laughs> but she would wait for me to get home, and often I wouldn't get home until ten, eleven o'clock at night, oh. right? And she would she would stay up. She would just and so I would go in, and I'd kiss her goodnight, and say, "Okay, it's time to go to sleep." And she'd say, "Can I come have dinner with you? Can I come sit with you?" And I say, "No, oh. baby, you have to go to sleep." And she would say just want to be with you Ooh. I just want to and it would break my heart and so I would let her sit on my lap while I ate dinner at 10 o'clock at night yeah right? and um one night I, I'd had a really busy day really rough day I don't even remember what it was that that happened but came home went right to my room closed the door and I just needed a few minutes to kind of decompress mm-hmm. and when I opened my bedroom door my Ella was laying on the floor in the hall with a blanket over her, oh. sound asleep, just waiting for me to come oh. out. Oh, my God. I just have the chills. I know. And I, I looked at my husband and I said, something has to change. I don't know what, mm-hmm. but this is not working for our family. And we have to, I, I have to make a change. And um, it was tough because, um, you know, Tim was... Stay at, at home, home dad. Yes. I was the only income mm-hmm. um, as far as, like, salary is concerned. If I were to, to work in New Jersey, my salary would be cut in half. Yeah. 
mm. and then you know it's a lot of lot of things a to lot juggle. of things to, to think yeah. about yes um, so a lot of pros and cons yeah. a lot of things to think about a lot of things to weigh out so it, it took a while but I eventually found a job um, I thought it was in Philly but it turns out the base was in Philly but it was a work at home job mm. editing from home okay and so I started that maybe I don't know like three four years ago and so you were in New York up until like three four years ago yeah oh okay yeah. And I remembered um, I was just finishing up at, at the journal, just finishing up my time there. And mm -hmm. I remember driving by here on Coosa Road, and I'd never noticed there was a yoga studio here before. Oh, right. Uh, somehow, mm -hmm. with like mm -hmm. all the banners right. and stuff. By the way, we're in on River Hamilton, yes. just so you know, Briarwood Shopping Center, Hamilton, <laughs> New Jersey. Go ahead. <laughs> and um, I had dabbled in yoga. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was good for stress and good for like, my physical body from like all the crappy food I was eating, <laughs> right? Like right, in right, the train right. station. Um, so I was like, oh, once I am working from home, I'm gonna try that yoga thing again. <laughs> and um, yeah, I I was practicing honestly just um, just for maybe a couple of months, and mm -hmm. it was only I was like, oh, I'll come once a week, and then it was like twice a week, and mm -hmm. then I was here almost every day, mm -hmm. and. Um, I started taking classes with Jessica Zur, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and just really felt um, like she was my teacher. Yeah. Right? You know that yes. feeling. Yes. And I found out she was teaching the teacher training. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, well, maybe next year. When she does it next year, I'll, I'll do it with mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. um, kind of in the back of my mind, um, all, all through this, after my second and after having a postpartum doula with my second mm -hmm. and how much easier it was and how much sense it made, I thought, well, with my experience as someone having a postpartum depression yeah. and working through it and then also working with other postpartum moms mm -hmm. um, just through like the support groups that, yeah. that I go to that, that Joyce Bennis leads, um, it just felt right that my my dharma was not to be a fancy editor at one of the biggest newspapers in the world but right. that i needed to take the lessons and help other moms right so i thought oh wow like yoga can really help new moms right not necessarily a lot of moving when you're you know just a couple weeks postpartum right. but breath and self and um you know just listening to your your own wisdom and and knowing everything's going to be okay and, and how yoga can really give that. Right, and knowing that, you, you said just like a few weeks, you know, like postpartum, um, you know, like yoga is a system, not just asana. of the asana. Right, yeah. So um, you took the whole eight limb path mm -hmm. and incorporated it into what you do now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, did you do your doula training first, or your yoga treat, your yoga training, your teacher training? Um, I I did them both simultaneously. Um, yeah, mo of? more or less. Um, it was kind of well, mostly my two hundred hour, and then I did a little bit of the doula training mm -hmm. throughout that. But most of the doula training was um, after my two hundred hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm still working um, full time. Mm -hmm working from home, doing the, the editing job, mm -hmm. which is, is, is really great. It's, it's a nice balance right now. I have a wonderful boss. Mm -hmm. um, 
and um, you know I can drop my kids off I can pick them up yeah it's you're you're you're, you're more present in your, yeah. in your family life yeah. absolutely I have more energy I have a lot more time since I'm not on the train for four hours um, I am uh, you know t I teach here at night a few mm -hmm. nights a week mm -hmm. I do have doula clients I usually see them at night or on weekends mm -hmm. so it is a little more time than you know 40 hours a week away from the home but right. um you're more localized yeah but my my girls are more or less cool with it you know yeah. they know I'm, I'm doing good work and they see that i'm i'm happy and i feel like i'm um contributing and it's important to me mm -hmm. and you know i of course make time to be present with them right yeah right. so for for people that don't know because you know when you first told me that you were a doula i've heard of it before mm -hmm. i knew kind of lightly kind of maybe what it was mm -hmm. but tell me what, what, what a doula does what, right. what what what's your role mm -hmm. as a doula right so there's actually now it's um there's probably more than three but three that i'm aware of. there's a a um, birth doula mm -hmm. which comes just when labor starts and and helps uh work you through it um yeah, with, mm -hmm. with labor and, you know, involves the partner and, um, you know, statistically, you're, you're much better off with um, a postpartum, I'm sorry, a, a birth doula, mm -hmm. um, just outcomes, right? Less, uh, less C-sections, mm -hmm. uh, more of the birth that the mom wants, essentially. Right. Um, and then there's what I do, a... Um, a postpartum doula, we say we take care of families in the, the fourth trimester, right? So mm -hmm. the first three months after birth. Um, so I go to the home mm -hmm. and um, doulas like to say we're experts in normal. <laughs> so um, anything that's normal, like, yes, that's a normal diaper rash, but call your pediatrician just in case, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not a medical provider. I don't give medical advice. Mm -hmm. I say to me that looks normal, but please call, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, um, I help with, um, feeding in mm -hmm. any way, whether that's nursing, if mom chooses to nurse mm -hmm. or bottle feeding, mm -hmm. um, I help with, you know, soothing the baby, um, you know, with helping with sleep techniques. Okay. Um, let's see what else is normal. Uh, basically just supporting mom mm -hmm. and just like having a birth doula present in the birthing room mm -hmm. is linked with better outcomes right just having the support of another person in the home who says to the woman you're doing a good job right you're doing the right thing everything is fine this is this is normal mm -hmm. babies cry babies get weird rashes and bumps mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. some babies don't don't sleep and i know it's tough but it it's going to be okay mm -hmm. right and it doesn't doesn't always feel okay um, and often when we're stuck in this cycle of we're not sleeping right mom's not sleeping maybe dad's not sleeping maybe right. we're not eating properly we're nursing but we're not eating properly mm -hmm. and baby's gonna get the nutrients whether it they get them seeping from your bones or whether right. you're putting nutrients into your body right um, and it can just become this kind of snowball effect yeah um, but if you have someone in the home who is an expert in normal and can tell you this is all normal normal mm -hmm. this is okay and yeah I know it's tough but I've got your back like yeah. literally just to sit with a mom while she's nursing and just ha hand on the back is right you're doing good mom you're doing great right it's it's such a beautiful thing for me to be able to to give to someone right 
It's a um, gift that you can give. Yeah. That was given to you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and and then moms who um, maybe are having some uh, postpartum uh, mood issues, mm-hmm. or you know, it's not always a depression. Sometimes it's anxiety. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a sleep issue. Um, sometimes it's very mild. Sometimes not. But just you know, letting mom know, like my OB told me, it's not your fault. Yeah. And we there are things that we can do, and it's not going to last forever. And often when we're in that cycle of not sleeping, not eating properly, not caring for ourselves, um, the house is a mess. People are coming over. It's yeah. very overwhelming. Yeah. Especially for a woman who is just, you know, either a ma- you know, a C-section is major surgery or yes. just had a very major Vaginal thing birth? happen to mm-hmm. her body. Mm-hmm. Physically, emotionally, hormones, you know, go bonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very overwhelming. Yeah. But to have someone who can come in and be calm and collected and encouraging mm-hmm. and understanding um, really makes a, a huge difference. Right. Um, and, and not being embarrassed or ashamed if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you feel like you can't do it all. Like, you, yeah. you can't do it all, yeah. right? Yeah, um, You know, that's why we as ancient humans lived in, in communities, mm-hmm. right? Um, up until very recently, you know, often you'd live with your mom or your grandma or yeah. your aunt would come and stay or your mom would come and stay and we're just advocates for the mom or right. and the dad and yeah. right, just to have them maybe have a, a normal household. Yeah. Right. I remember you saying with the doula, again, like you say, so many people come and go and come and go. You're kind of like that safety net. Mm-hmm. right to kind of advocate for the mom yes like, this is good you know okay you don't want this well okay well I'll let them know and you know yeah. just even like I remember you're saying like helping them cook or, or getting something on the table mm-hmm. right just being there being that yeah support system. whatever 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 mom or dad or care mom and mom or right. dad and dad whatever right. caregivers need mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, I'm there I'm happy to help with cooking um, with baby laundry with baby bottles mm-hmm. Um, really, you know, whatever mom needs. I worked with one woman who really just didn't understand how much, and y- you don't know what it's going to be until you're in it, and yeah. it's not the same experience for everyone. Yes. But she didn't understand, you know, she would be home all day with a baby and her husband would be at work, and then husband would get home and they would kind of just switch. Yeah. And she said, you know, I just really miss my husband. What I would really like while you're here for these three hours, can you just hold the baby so I can hang out with him mm. and I said absolutely yeah. so she would make a little dinner and I would kind of help while I'm holding the baby yeah. and then they would take the dinner into the bedroom and they would talk and eat and hang yes. out and yes. um, it was really it w- and then I just got to hold the baby for two hours which was just <laughs> wonderful amazing. Right. it was just like oh I can't believe this is a job right. it's like feeding my soul yes um one mom um had a really colicky baby and so I would come once a week for a few hours just to hold a screaming baby so she could step away, right, you know? Right. And she finally found the right formula. It was, you know, a reflex situation. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, he's such a pleasure now. I don't want to put him down, <laughs> so I think I don't need you anymore. Aww. And I was like, okay. Right, right. Um, but, you know, every every family needs something different, yeah. right? Um, and I'm just there to support and advocate. And if it's something I can't address, right, if it's not in my purview, mm-hmm. then I refer. Okay. Let's get in touch with a lactation consultant. This doesn't look like 
a normal situation. Let's talk to your pediatrician because this thing doesn't seem right. Or right. call your OB, right, um, because you probably shouldn't still be spotting. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you right now, put your feet up and right. call your OB. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Awesome. So you're, you had like a total life transformation. And again, sharing your experience and sharing what you learned through your journey now you can help other people and i just think that's amazing yeah i really thank do you. michelle thank you yeah i just felt that thank you it's been a really long and kind of bumpy road mm -hmm. but i really feel like it's led me to this this place right like i said it's my dharma right mm -hmm. i when i had these experiences because they inform me mm -hmm. in in how to um take care of others right right, yeah. right because you were able to take care of yourself yeah thank you yeah i'm gonna give myself one of these <laughs> no thank <Yeah>. you <laughs> <laughs> that's a little side joke right yeah. yes yeah. so i'm going to say michelle thank you for being on the show and sharing your sharing your wisdom wisdom and experience you're very welcome <laughs> and Got thank it. you for having me oh, yeah you're welcome yeah. <laughs> so michelle as we wrap up mm -hmm. um i want you to tell me about tree pose in the grocery store yes i love doing <laughs> this so i you know being a convincing myself i was a new york city girl for a while i keep saying girl a new york city woman right <laughs> i'm over the, i was over the age of 18 right so everything is very like fast right you're like give me my sandwich give me this 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 off the bus on the bus right um i i just kind of got in the habit of expecting everything fast and, yeah. and when it didn't happen i would get very irritated very angry and part of that was the depression too right like often depression manifests as anger mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i remember if someone was in like classic story 10 items or less and <laughs> some some lady would have like 30 40 cans of cat food and i'd be like right like hulking out <laughs> So what I do now is I recognize it and I just stand in tree pose and I'll just kind of make my own like little Zen mm -hmm. energy mm -hmm. bubble and I just stand in tree pose and I breathe. And I've noticed like not only does it diffuse my anger mm -hmm. right, to just say it's it's okay. Um, but I notice people around me kind of think it's kind of funny or weird, <laughs> but it diffuses that anger, anger that yes, people that feel. That, yeah, yeah. So I, I tell people that. I tell my students that when we're in tree pose, like next time you're in line at ShopRite. <laughs> and so, you know, or a um, really good girlfriend of mine, uh, Julie Wolf, mm -hmm. um, who I graduated teacher training with, was um, at a doctor's appointment and made her wait an hour, maybe more, mm. and um, texted me a picture of her in her doctor's office, standing in the middle <laughs> of the waiting room in tree pose, and she's like, guess what I'm doing? She's like, I do, I feel so much better. Yeah. Right? It like, lightens the mood for mm -hmm. everyone, but more importantly, it, it kind of just kind of- For your inner self. Recenters, right? Yeah, yeah. Why am I so angry? Maybe she didn't see the sign, or maybe she doesn't care, but you know what, I don't right. have to be angry about that. I can hang in tree pose and you know, right. talk to the Wait person behind yeah. me <laughs> until she's done buying her cat food. You right. Know? <laughs> oh my gosh, Michelle, that's a funny story. Thank you for sharing that. And you again, thank you very much for being here. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, right, to be notified when new episodes air. 
right? Keeping up on everything on our yoga, trends in yoga, and much more. I'm your, I'm your host, Amy Taza, and thanks for listening.